Whew. Gentlemen, good, good day of football. I mean, as a hater of the Green Bay Packers, they did win, but they played Miami, who beat my team, the Bears. But, you know, the Bears have run up the score on about three, three or four straight teams. Now, they're beating scrubs, but here's the thing. Well, here's my little sports spiel. A lot of people are like, well, the Bears haven't played anybody. Well, yeah, they haven't had a tough matchup, but, you know, you're supposed to beat who's in front of you. Losing to the Dolphins, that was some bullshit. Our kicker is terrible. So if we can get that one back, I mean, you're looking at them being 7-2. and two. And you know what? I mean, they're 6-3 and three now. I'll take it. Let's see where they go. They got the Vikings, another pro- I don't want to say guaranteed win, another opportunity to get win number seven or eight, depending on how they do against the Vikings, um, against the Lions after them, and then a tough run of games. So, I mean, obviously I'm not looking at a Super Bowl for them, but at the end of the day, when you quote-unquote have an easy schedule, you're supposed to win. Because had they had a shitty schedule and went like five and, what's it, five and 11 they went last time, when they had a, didn't have a difficult schedule, so I was like, all right, this team's trash. But that fucking, the, looking, I mean, look at the Chiefs right now. The Chiefs are so fucking dynamic that we took one of the coaches and actually became a halfway decent team. So that's where I'm going to credit a lot of what the Bears are doing right now, too, is Coach Nagy. That dude is phenomenal. Anyway, this is the 20th edition of CarCast. 20. And as the day, the football day winds down and, I'm pretty much going to get back into my work week, even though, you know, after Veterans Day, a lot of people are going to be off. So hopefully the highway will be clear. I know, uh, well, some schools will be in, but like during the time I'll be on the road, hopefully a lot of people will be gone, either barbecuing or whatnot. Neither here nor there. I want to talk about, you know, and about being an outcast and how sometimes that is due to what frequency you may operate on. And society in and of itself it's very it's so low vibration man it's so like and this isn't to excuse somebody who's socially awkward i get it i get people who are in those positions but like society operates in in overall society due to i mean a slew of things besides ganocentrism besides women having the i guess dominant opinion on everything all of those things um society is operating at extremely low frequency man the vibration that most people are on is is it's i don't know man it's so hard to, i don't i can't even come up with words to describe it it's like because i am one of those people like i'm at, the, at this point in, in my age i've already decided like i'm i'm i have bowed out of the social situation obviously if somebody you know puts an olive branch out there and they actually want to be socially, you know, whatever, acquaintances or friends, I don't even mind having acquaintances, I have plenty of acquaintances, I don't have a lot of true friends outside of people I've grown up with or have known for decades, but at the end of the day, it's hard for me to be around regular people because they don't want to have real conversations on, on like what really, what is really going on, I can't help but talk about what I see, man, and being someone that, again, has to look at the reality and talk about I, I'm literally, all I'm doing is looking at the world and calling it as it is. And sometimes that's ugly. I mean, for example, I'm, I'm around a lot of parents just from my, just due to my line of work and everybody at that company having a lot of uh, children, if you will, because they make enough money. It's one of the few places that people, you go, all right, oh, I make enough money, I'm going to go 
simp out, get married as quickly as possible, and have a bunch of kids. All right, cool. But since I'm around a lot of parents, and we discuss things, because I'm a fellow parent as well, we discuss stuff about you know children's behavior. So one of the what's controversial, what where parents get a lot of what where parents get butt hurt is like when we discuss the behavior and nature of children. Words like manipulative are very offensive to people, and I think a lot of moms, women find things like manipulative or gold digging, those things are gravely offensive to a woman, because what you are in essence doing is you're calling out her nature. She, it's a woman's nature to seek out other people's shit. I hate to say it like that, but that's what it is. With feminism doing all this pseudo-intellectual bullshit, trying to replace the man as the, you know, blue, the workforce and put women in that spot. But then what happens is women will seek out resources through their own work and then still go look for a man. So what happens is, is that basically feminism has destroyed the dating market because women are now doing this. Women will be high achieving, successful, sometimes off of work, sometimes affirmative action and essentially being handed success. Excuse my sinuses there. So what happens is, and this is what's gravely, I guess, skewed the dating market, is that women will make a little bit of money. Like I said, there's a lot of chicks out here just low achievement, making 30K. But some of these bitches that are in the 50K, you know, well-to-do range, 50K and up, for me, that's well-to-do, right? These chicks will project onto men what they want because a lot of what a woman wants is somebody who's driven successful well to do makes money you know all that shit right women women go out and achieve this shit then they project on the men something greater which is why i came up with the, the rule of three sixes now women i mean before a guy could have just been quote-unquote hot or socially you know attractive Meaning he's physically attracted to her, so she likes getting dicked down by him. But also, she gets that psychological validation because other women want that man. And it's like, like I said, when it comes to dating, women are like children fighting over toys. And so, I guess, you know, to reference Pokemon cards from, you know, being in my 30s, I remember as a child how hot the Pokemon cards are. So, one of the good references for how women date is... They will only accept a holographic card. Remember those holographic Pokemon cards or anything like sports cards, for example. I remember when I was a kid and I'm going to date myself. I told y'all I'm in my mid thirties, but the Deion Sanders, like sports cards, Troy Aikman, because the Cowboys were the shit in the nineties, right? So those were like the hot cards of Brett Favre, um, back when the Falcons had that one little run, the whole quote unquote dirty birds. Uh, I forgot who they're running back. I forgot the name of their running back. Jamal Anderson, like the holographic Jamal Anderson cards. I hate, these are such stupid references, but I remember the hottest Pokemon card back in the day when it first dropped, when Pokemon first dropped in America, at least the hottest Pokemon card was the motherfucking Charizard, the holographic Charizard. And that's what, when you, the, the way that we were as kids over those valuable, rare, cards or toys is how women are with men in dating now i make that point over and over and over and over again and as a man who sees this and calls this shit out i'm weird let me not even project out but when i look out because i'm weird i guess in the eyes of society i can't help but look out into society and see stuff like incels 
the new term, which is pretty, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what the hell, you're not involuntarily celibate, but the, the, you know, these groups of guys called incels that everybody is making into social pariahs, uh, the ostracized groups of men who were nerds, because what happens is their communities get taken, incels a community that won't be taken over by women, and that's why it's, they're, they're so heavily ostracized, because the video game community was viewed heavily, and it still is a male space. Women are, are jumping on the nerd bandwagon to basically consolidate on male attention as more men pull the lead as more of the i guess top upper echelon men pull the leonardo dicaprio i.e they're they're the the alpha male strategies if you watch his videos these you know not donovan sharp because he's in a long-time relationship but alan roger curry uh alpha male strategies al leonardo dicaprio these uh shit who else is a good one Shit, Dan Bilzerian. There's even like another dude who's called the king of Instagram. I don't, I forgot. No, I know they say Dan Bilzerian, but it's another dude whose mom was a feminist. Dude's dude's like a, a millionaire who walks bitches around on leashes and shit. And women have to deal with those dudes if they want to get next to the dudes that they're actually attracted to. So they have to choose between that or nerds. So what women try to do is they'll collect all the nerds they can as far as beta orbiters, beta providers, and then they will go and get the, you know, the damn Bilzerians and the, the chiseled Chad abs, you know, top of the line dudes to just dick them down. And once they get all that sexual validation, they pretty much are able to get what they want out of both sides. They play both sides. They they want to go get those, those nerds to beta provide, beta orbit, give them all that validation, non-sexual attention, and bam. I was like, all I need from the hot guys is dick. And that's how this shit breaks down. Which also brings me to, I think there's, we have two massive divides. I mean, multiple. There are so many divides. Let's go. Uh, culturally, you know, especially talking about teenagers, because I, I see a lot of videos going up about teenagers inquiring on MGTOW. And I don't, I'm going to be honest, like, if you're like 19, 20, 21, 22, MGTOW ain't for you. You just don't operate on that level yet. You need to try. Uh, you need to try and fail. I wouldn't say try like have kids and get married like that, and then fucking get divorce rate before you even build yourself up. Not that type of try and fail, but go ahead and try to be one of the dudes on the cock carousel. I mean, you're gonna get hurt. It's gonna be risky, but um, unfortunately, you as a man should take the risk, even if you're a quote unquote incel. But where the divide is, is, is I mean, there's a lot of things cultural wealth, fucking social, tribal, there's so many different ways, but what happens between men and women as far as how we just don't operate on the same levels, I mean, there's a lot of frequencies that men want to connect with people, and sorry to say guys, you're never going to find a woman to connect with you like that, because a woman seems to be more vibrational, or, it's not even a word, she seems to be deeper she seems to be intellectually deeper on a subconscious level than a conscious level. I know the black community has kind of stolen the conscious label as their own little pro-black Democrat thing, but what I mean by what I would come at you with is when I talk about consciousness, I'm talking about actually, you know, observable reality. You're able to point out what it is. We can't sit here and say society's not gynocentric. We can't sit here and say that we don't have a lot of problems. 
in our society. And that's where I'll go into my little moderate political rant, if you will. But let me just say this. It's hard. It's going to be hard for a lot of you dudes to connect with any woman on any kind of level like that outside of... Because her subconscious controls everything. Her subconscious is the hypo... The... Yeah, hypercenter of hypergamy. So... That is the main driving force of her existence. And that's where most women... The space that women occupy 99% of the time. Now, they may try to you know, occupy their time and minds with menial tasks, excuse the, uh, the reverse signal here, with menial tasks and, you know, projects or little goals, but, you know, as kind of like how children are, they have to operate like that. They have to be aimed at something. Well, well, I think all human beings in a way, but they have to be aimed at something to the point to where nothing else matters at that time, because an idle female mind is the foundation of cheating, the foundation of floating hypergamy, because when she's bored, and this is why a lot of married couples deal with, you know, the housewife, housewives cheat a lot, so it puts you in a position, as far as being an outcast, as a lot of guys are like, I'm not going to sign up for this shit, unless there's mutual benefit, when a guy talks about mutual, like, that makes you an outsider, when you talk about mutual benefit, the, the human mind in today's social day and age, it doesn't even comprehend that. It doesn't register on minds because our society is so gynocentric. They they are like, if it's not, if your philosophy is not happy wife, happy life, i.e. you're a slave, then you ain't shit. So that's the type of stuff I'm talking about. Now, before I go into the political portion of it, marriage in a way is slavery. So while you may feel that you're left out because you're not married or you're not in an LTR, you're not in the, you know, especially, especially in your 30s, you, you start to feel left out as a guy when you're not married and you're not in these couples group, you know, couple social outings, dinners, uh, kids play dates, all that shit. You may feel left out when you're not in those circles. But I'll tell you this, as somebody who's done all that shit. I'm telling you guys, I'm, I'm telling you from a fucking experience. There's nothing lonelier than being a married man. As shitty from the outside looking in as you may feel being a mid-30s guy not married. It fucking sucks to be on the other side of that. I'm telling you, man, no, granted, maybe that's just the pessimistic person's, you know, the pessimistic viewpoint on life as somebody who's quote-unquote conscious to society and reality. It sucks to be a passenger in your own life because because of gynocentrism, because of the laws, because of the institution of marriage. In today's day and age, it's not a we're not living in a monarchy anymore. We're not merging kingdoms. You are essentially building yourself up as a man in life, in finances, whatever you may have, resources. You build yourself up for only a person with nothing to come lay claim to half. That's what a marriage is. A marriage is a marriage is slavery. And I'm black, okay, so I don't. I don't do the whole whine about slavery thing like a lot of black people do, but I will if I will make this point. As a people, well, black people have experienced and are still experiencing slavery, I'm gravely offended by the institution of marriage. Not, not social justice warrior offended, but 
it's really offensive to me that those laws are in place and so many men are willing to do it. And I, I applaud the eternal bachelor black men that don't want to do that shit because I, I think black people, at the end of the day, they're serving. There's a lot of Africans, unfortunately, that are still enslaved by ISIS in, in the Middle East and other places in the world today. And they're probably white and Asian and all types of other types of slaves all over the world. So I'm not, you know, doing the social justice, my, my uh, oppression Olympics thing. But long story short... In a marriage, a man is a captor in his own life. Do you? I don't know if you guys can understand the depths of being a passenger in your own life. Think about that statement. You're a passenger in your own life. You basically you buy the car. Imagine buying a car. It's your car. Your name's on the title. You pay the insurance. You're paying the note. Imagine this is the concept of marriage legally. You buy a car. You have all those things taken care of, insurance and all that shit, and notes. Everything's on your name, right? Imagine if life was like a highway and you buy that car and you're the person who pays for it and you own it and it's yours and you're doing all the, you're the one at risk if it gets in an accident, you're at fault if anything happens, right? Imagine this is what a marriage is. So you're the owner and responsible person of the car. You get tied up and thrown in the fucking trunk. It's not even like you're in the front seat helping make decisions of where you're going. You get thrown in the trunk, a person who has zero has put nothing into the car, no oil changes, not even gassed the fucking car up. A person who's done nothing and has contributed nothing gets to lay claim to ha- she gets to come in, say her the car's half hers because she, she gave you access to her little fucking fleeting value, i.e. her pussy and body. And she lays claim to the car. But not only that, she comes in spending and contributing nothing. Burning all the gas out, not getting the oil change, putting miles on it, taking the car to Miami for her own benefit, doing things that only benefit her. And then eventually, putting the car on red line, flooring it, cutting the brake line, and just letting go of the wheel. And basically saying, when this car runs into something, or rams or crashes, whenever the fuck this car crashes, you're at fault, Mr. Tied-Up Guy in the Trunk. That's what a marriage is. And if you want to do that, more power to you guys. Seriously. But as a black man, I, I just, uh, as and somebody who's done it and has been through that that system, it's, it's slavery. It's nothing but slavery. Now, really quick. With all the shootings and stuff that's going on nowadays, I think politics are at the forefront of everything. I remember a time in the 90s where talking about politics was, like, forbidden. A lot of people kept that stuff to themselves. It was kind of like a woman's bra and panties. You know how only a certain few people could see her in her bra and panties? That's what politics was in the 90s. It was a secret thing. A lot of people didn't talk about it. But, if I will, you know, with the shootings going on every fucking month, almost, every couple of weeks, with every, you know, liberal CNN thing that they use the coordinate on, on minorities and liberal voters to be angry and aggressive about. We need to have a serious discussion. I mean, I think on both sides, being moderate is not evil. A lot of people, especially black people, you're a coon if you're not full-blown liberal. I don't think there's a lot of people, like feminism, is looking at the world like, you're sexist if you don't believe what we believe. But somebody who's actually a little bit moderate on all, if you, if I believe, like, say, for example, I'm okay with people keeping their guns, keeping their drugs. And I, I mean, if you want to do, I guess, deeper background checks, common sense 
you know, I actually, I think common sense, quote unquote, gun laws could be in on the table for discussion. Maybe not gun control, because how do you control something? That's another argument that can be made, because, I mean, I actually want to have the discussion about guns, but what, what, can, what changes can you make? Because prohibition, I think, has failed every time in America. Pro- prohibiting alcohol failed. Prohibiting drugs failed. It actually made the war on drugs cause the drug economy on the global scale to be a fucking bigger economy, a bigger market than fucking food. Like El Chapo, those dudes were like billionaires. There's so many drug billionaires. It's a bigger economy than fucking McDonald's almost. So prohibiting shit is only going to increase its value. And that's not saying that every Tom, Dick, and Harry should be able to have an AK, but there's that. And then when we talk about the whole we're in this dynamic where there's only two sides to pick from. Either liberal or democrat. Liberal or democrat. You're evil, you're, you're Hitler, or you're, you're God. Because that's what democrats think of themselves. They, 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 see, they seem so omnipotent. They feel... <laughs> a lot of what liberalism is in today's day and age is they're, they're megalomaniacs. I know they use that term to describe Trump, but Trump, but a lot of these people, including black people that are liberal, they're very megalomaniacal. They, very, they have this holier-than-thou narcissistic ego about it, their belief system. And I'm like, you know, there are some liberal things that are, are on the table and should be discussed, but I tend to just lean a little bit right of that. I honestly think that there are could be arguments made, at least from a Darwinian perspective, about how welfare and us having this state that, that like the quote-unquote migrant caravan from South America, like these countries in South America and in areas that are able to, oh, we'll just immigrate somewhere and because there's always going to be the West. There's always going to be Europe or America or some Western country with welfare that will take care of people. And in a lot of ways, if you th- let's just talk about the, if you want to talk about the animal kingdom, or if you want to talk about pre-Western Europe, Western civilization, pre, pre-Europe, pre-America, what did America do? What did the uh, quote-unquote settlers in America do when they were faced with a situation like that? What did Europe do? How do these how do these nations develop? Now I'm not just talking about white nations, but look at Japan, look at China. These are booming. I mean Singapore, massive economies, right? Successful countries, Saudi Arabia. These these nations developed because they didn't have anywhere there was no landing pad. You know what I'm saying? And if there's no place like say for example, all these Syrians and all these quote unquote migrants from Africa, I don't know if having that in place to where they can use the West as a fallback is a good thing. Because if they're forced, I just, I don't know, I have faith in humans, right? And I think if they're forced to be survivalists and stay where they are and fix where they are, then maybe things will get, they will either a die out or fix what they got and develop an, an awesome, you know, advanced nation. But that's just me. I don't know. Things like that. I mean, there's stuff that can easily be discussed. Well, granted, there should be some type of system in place to take care of the elderly, the ones who can't, but there's so many people on this system that they are not the, you know, I don't say have nots, I'm not worried, I think taking care of the have nots is the wrong way to look at it, taking care of people who can't, the people who can't, there are too many, these things, these black moms with 12 and 15 kids and 8 kids and the white bitches that do that and any other race of bitches that does that bullshit, <sighs> then you be cut the fuck off. I mean, I think even in Italy, there's no child support unless you're married. So you can't sperm jack a dude and just get money. And I don't know if America should adopt that or maybe child support should be done away entirely. I think it should be done away entirely. And 
the state should get stay the fuck out of it. The family affairs should should stay the fuck out of it. And and maybe the contracts, because at the end of the day, it's, you're talking about indirect tricking. That's what I think it is. At the end of the day, you're a trick. If you're a husband, you're a trick. You're a volunteer passenger in your own life. And you're no different or better than the dude who's going to just invest in prostitutes. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, but it's like at the end of the day, what's what are we doing here? I don't know. You guys tell me. Y'all have a good week. It's going to be a long week. It's fucking mid-November. We've got one week till Thanksgiving. A holiday I can care less about, but y'all have a good one. Stay up, gentlemen.